Hi, I'm David Legere of Woodhall Press, and you're tuned in to Publish This Over Lunch. I'm joined today by Laura Rossi. Laura is a public relations expert, digital strategist, podcast producer, and published author, including being featured in the upcoming Fast Funny Women, available October 1st. Uh, for over two decades, Laura has led book publicity campaigns for best-selling authors, as well as for national companies and brands in the lifestyle, nonprofit, and art and design industries. Laura has worked uh, in-house at the top publishers, including Random House, Viking, Penguin, W.W. Norton, before founding Laura Rossi uh, Public Relations. So her published writing appears in Make Mine a Double by Gina Barreca and The Grateful Life by Nina Lezowitz, as well as in the forthcoming Fast Funny Women, an original collection of flash nonfiction. Uh, Laura Rossi has appeared in The New York Times, Psychology Today, The Chronicle of Higher Education, The Providence Journal, More Magazine, The Huffington Post, and NPR's uh, The Public uh, the public's radio and other media. So please visit her at laurarossipublicrelations.com. Laura, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for that <laughs> introduction. I've been doing this for a little while as I'm hearing all this, I realize. Oh, I'm uh, right, as I'm going down the list, I'm like, whew, there's a lot more here. <laughs> I've been around for a while in this biz, <laughs> as have you. Right. A little bit. Uh, so would you, you know, I've been kind of asking this question lately because I find it, uh, interesting uh, and hopeful. Would you start us off with something you found incredibly inspiring, uh, specifically within the publicity world in 2020? I would love to address that. And I knew my answer <laughs> right away for this one. Um, <laughs> there's an organization called A Mighty Blaze, which grew out of the pandemic in real time, founded by best-selling authors Jenna Blum and Caroline Levitt. And I saw some news on social media and I instantly knew I needed to volunteer with this group. We're now 20 volunteers strong. And essentially we're a social media platform that is helping books and authors during the pandemic. So tours have been canceled, book pub dates have been moved and we've been able to rally together our strength as 20 people, you know, from all parts of publishing, including authors and amplify book messages and, and literally save books from uh, wow. sort of, you know, dying on the shelf, if I may, <laughs> you know, sort of use that odd metaphor. Yeah. And it's also for me, I love volunteering. So it's allowed me to fulfill that piece of my life. I do a lot with our local NPR station and haven't been able to do that in person because of the pandemic. So this has been a way for me to keep that important uh, piece of my sort of life and balance active. So that, that's a major undertaking. How quickly were you able to pull that together? Because so, I mean, the, the pandemic hit and it's like all of a sudden, boom, you got yes. this thing. It, you know, um, one of our founders, Jenna Blum, talks about how we're sort of building the plane as we fly it. And we really are. Um, it was just, you know, people started volunteering, looking at their skill sets within sort of the first week of those stay-at-home orders in March, um, David. So around, you know, in the Northeast, around March 13th, a lot of stuff shut down as you probably remember and people started tweeting and posting on Facebook and you know really using social media to say what can we do to help one another and so these two authors rallied their communities and then um, you know, everyone sort of giggles because you know my plate is always very full with all the things I'm doing we'll talk about how I find balance later in our chat today but I I raised my hand up without really knowing any of the players personally or professionally and said I want part of this I, I do PR and that has now turned into, you know, my ability uh, to handle all the public relations for our group. I help uh, arrange authors that are part of our live events. 
and I have a moment where I'm going to be a PR person and brag, but we have had responses and support and live events with John Irving, Judy mm -hmm. Bloom, uh, and the list goes on and on. We have Cheryl Strayed this Friday doing a live uh, talk and everyone is saying yes. So it's been really good to do good and, and help books and authors find readers. I yeah. I love that. So if anybody's um, listening that wants to be a, a part of that, where should they go? Is it on your website or is there something so, else? Um, that's a, I have to do a little updating on my own website, but amightyblaze.com is the website. So www.amightyblaze.com. Um, you All can right. email us, amightyblaze at gmail.com, or just do like a quick social media search. Um, and yeah. we're really active on Facebook. So I will personally respond to anyone uh, that reaches out and, we'll find a way to help you um, if you're an author or a reader. So you, you set the stage, right? Uh, publicity, it's crucial. It's crucial to a book success yet. And you probably run into this a lot. A lot of people uh, may not understand why it's important, right? Would mm -hmm. you talk, walk us through what exactly publicity means, particularly in publishing in 2020? Absolutely, David. And I know that, you know, you being at the helm of Woodhall Press, that you wear many hats and you're an expert in all parts of the publishing process, which I, you know, a round of applause for you and everything you're <laughs> doing you. um, for authors, because it is, you know, it's a passion project and um, we're so lucky to have you. So the quick and fun way to sort of do book publicity 101 is just to talk about, um, you know, kind of why, why is publicity important? Publicity essentially for books or any business is that consumer facing, forward facing piece of promotion and marketing to reach readers. And, you know, let's, let's be honest, it is a business, people that will buy your book. So um, for book publicity, you know, that process can start three to six months out, but for some authors, you know, we're starting even further out, a year out. And um, as you know, the first phase is getting what's called a galley or an advanced uh, reader copy. And that usually is mailed or in the days of the pandemic, it's now emailed as a digital review copy to important editors, producers, media folks, um, and then long lead magazines. So some of those monthlies um, that, you know, people hopefully are still trying to subscribe to uh, as journalism shrinks and shrinks. Um, we reach out and work with those editors sometimes six months in advance. So for some magazines, you know, their holiday issues are in full swing um, for print. And then as we move closer to pub date, um, which we also in the industry sometimes call a book birthday, we will have yeah. finished books and we will do mailings. And essentially I will pitch different angles for a book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction to the media, to influencers, coming back to that big social media piece, which we're going to keep talking about, um, you know, engaging online with communities or, literally reaching out to editors and producers through Twitter. I mean, I get a lot of work done through DMs mm. and vice versa. I have, you know, people from NPR will DM me and ask about an author I work with. Um, and then, you know, everything sort of culminates in the pub date, which is also the date the book's on sale. And work does not end there. Now the author's kind of out and actively doing interviews, um, podcasts. So essentially... Anything you see about a book and an author, whether it's on something like an Instagram Live or in Oprah Magazine or on the Today Show, there's a publicist <laughs> behind that. And um, one specialty in my area of PR is I really like to work with books beyond what might be considered a normal expiration date or shelf life date. A lot of books have their campaigns start dwindling down, you know, within kind of two, three months of pub date. But 
I love sort of digging down and getting creative and figuring out how we can have longevity for that author's message mm -hmm. and their issues. So it's really fun. It's interesting you mention that because, you know, what I've been hearing even from a lot of authors that, you know, they've got a book out and it's been out for like six months and they say, hey, should mm -hmm. I invest in some publicity? You know, the rule of thumb is you always get the publicity before the book, but do you think it's still advantageous for an author to breathe life into a book even after it's published? I love that question. Yes. <laughs> I think because, David, they're, um, particularly for nonfiction books, but there are also nonfiction angles for fiction. And, and there are yeah. ways um, to tie in with opinion pieces, with original content, um, with, you know, continuing to do podcasts. If, there, if this is an issues-driven book, Usually, you know, you wrote the book for a reason. So I encourage authors, you know, if they have a budget to bring someone on before the book comes out, but then talk about, you know, how are we going to continue conversations? Um, going, yeah. And if there's a, another book contracted or this author, you know, she or he has a dream of another book, you don't want to go dark anymore. You don't want to sort of have this bright spot of three months of activity and then, you know, what almost feels like a hiatus. You want to keep active, keep your platform alive because... Honestly, your author brand has to be um, turned on 24-7 because that's the nature of, of media right now. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that branding because, you know, what I, I've been seeing for years, I've been telling authors, I go, stop thinking about your book in terms of your book and think about you as the package because if you are what is ultimately desirable, right, if, you're, if you have this package that people want, then your book will naturally continue for many years to come because you're bringing write that package to the world, whatever it might be, if it's self-help or, you know, whatever it is. Absolutely. Uh, so I love that idea of branding. It's very important. Yeah, it's, it's crucial. And, it, and if you look at any huh. entertainment industry or anything in the arts, you know, there is that catchphrase now of kind of what's your platform and how are yeah. you handling your yeah. branding? And honestly, with or without a publicist, you will be your best spokesperson and your best representative. And, you know, your voice needs to be online right now. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you've proven, like, you know what you're talking about. You've been in this business <laughs> over 20 years. Thank you. Right? You've uh, led book campaigns. You've worked with everyone from, you know, uh, Stephen King to Gina Baraka. Uh, what's changed in book publishing, right? I, I, that's a broad, that's a broad <laughs> question. But like, How much time do we have? Very top level. Right. Top level. What's like your sense? how it's changed. Sure. We only have 30 minutes today, so I don't want to turn our, our lunch chat into <laughs> the just like dinner. over the last two years. <laughs> we'll still be doing this at dinner time. So I'm going to say I sound a little bit like a broken record um, with this, but it is the emergence of digital. Um, so digital media and then social media. So I, I made a couple notes just thinking about even the last 10 years since I've been doing this for over two decades, getting closer to three. Um, so of course, you know, we're familiar with Facebook and Twitter and, you know, all of that jazz. But, you know, right now, when we talk about author brands, you know, for certain books, it's appropriate uh, to be on Pinterest. If you have a visual book or an art book, um, Instagram, you know, then there's some crazy things the kids are using like TikTok and Snapchat and different ways to align with brands. So, you know, I'll go back to saying it's social media, it's digital media. And, um, you know, the other thing I will say is that having a good website is also important. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I have heard that, you know, like, my, not to toot my own horn, but like, I feel like my website, uh, you know, I put a lot of time in it, dlleger.com for anybody listening, dlleger.com. Yeah. Check and it out. I've gotten so much, like, I've, I've, I've 
gotten feedback from people like, oh, yeah, I wanted to work with you because I just found your website. And I'd be like, really? My, my website? And I had no idea how important a website was until like about a year ago. Yes. And that's something I spent a lot of time educating my authors about because they really are sort of like, do I really need to spend money on somebody doing a website for me? And, you know, yeah. you can do a thousand dollar website. You can do a ten thousand or fifteen thousand dollar website. And I think, you know, take a look at your budget. But remember that your website is is your primary digital footprint. Yes. So when everyone goes on our favorite search, you know, box of Google, you want yeah. your website to come up because you're really not going to get a full snapshot of anyone's offerings on their Facebook business page. You know, you'll be scrolling and, and seeing content, but you know, I want to know how to reach you. I want to know what you've done for you. You know, you have a lot of diversity. We know with acting, writing, your publishing house, um, teaching, being a prof, I'm not going to get that anywhere else. And um, I think it's really, it's worth investing in even more than a publicist. And I shouldn't even, you know, <laughs> I shouldn't make that distinction, but if you have a, little money lying around, I would put it into a great website. And the other thing that um, I hear over and over again is make sure you have contact information on there. So not yeah. just your social yeah. media buttons, but either a form or a direct link to an email because people, you know, are still kind of not putting that in a really um, discoverable place on their sites. Yeah. That's very, and I would say if anybody's on a budget, when I was even working on mine, uh, I got a tip from someone else. Go to the top people that you respect, authors, whoever it is, look at their website. Mm -hmm. And I went, to, I love Pierce Brown. If anybody loves, I uh, like the Red Rising, like that whole science fiction series. At the yes. Young Adult. I'm, I love it. I went to the Howler Fest uh, two years ago in California, but oh, I went to his cool. website. And I was like, I love his website. So I told the designer, I go, can you just kind of, copy his website yeah. and it was so much easier because every all the pieces were in place i was i so anybody i'm full disclosure people that say i love your website <laughs> i did emulate it off pierce brown I will, but I will. you know flattery is like the <laughs> highest form of praise really so that's absolutely true um and you know like i said you wear many hats heading up uh woodhall press so aesthetics are important and you know i mean there's usually some kind of template whether it's for a book cover or a website yeah. or, you know, letterhead that um, is just going to appeal to your personal taste. So that's, that's a great tip. And that can save you on the design side. If you have yeah, a, little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned Twitter and that's something because I've, who, whoever I've been talking to lately, I've been hearing conflicting thoughts and you're one that just said Twitter has been working really well for you. You've been getting a lot of um, messages through it, a lot of business. So do yeah. you think Twitter is still very much relevant? It sounds like you do. And I do I like think that. it's relevant. Um, so as you, you probably know, and, you know, folks watching, um, oh, hey, Patricia, I'm, my, my former assistant just signed on. So, <laughs> you know, each platform is really, you know, hitting a different audience. So the Twitter audience, it can be dangerous. You know, there can be sort of people piling on. There could be negativity. I find yeah. it works really well for me because of the news cycle. You know, this 24-7 news cycle. I always talk about Twitter um, being a good New Yorker that worked in, you know, Times Square. It's like a ticker. It's like that ticker you would see in Times Square that, you know, does the stock market. Um, it's moving quick. It's moving in real time. And so when you have contacts and connections and relationships, uh, people can find you there. And I do think it's uh, not the same community as Facebook, which, you know, skews a little older. It's a different user, which is, again, a different user from Instagram. But I do think if you are looking at hashtags and you're in relevant conversations 
particularly tied to breaking news. Yes. Mm -hmm. And if anyone's afraid to try Twitter, Twitter, my first kind of advice to authors that want to like dip a toe in is just observe, just get on there and observe and see what people are talking about. And then, you know, find your people. So you might want to just start watching um, the lit chat hashtag and you'll see a lot of writers there. You might want to look at, you know, um, first debuts or you want to look up publishing. And if you search by hashtags, you can have a really fun time um, on there. And then Patricia Clow <laughs> mentioned that um, Susan Orlean just had a little scandalous <laughs> sort of tweet storm because I think she had a, um, a few too many cocktails and uh, was tweeting about it. And everyone loves it so much that it's like weeks later, it's viral. So you really are, you know, when it comes to authors, not so much um, sometimes other famous people, but most of the time, the authors you love, they're actually tweeting. So you really yeah. might get this moment where your favorite author writes back to you. So there's yeah. kind of like that sort of fan uh, piece there as well. I love that you mentioned that. And I think that's in, in no other time in history, right? Have we had this availability to sort of step inside mm -hmm. our heroes heads, right? Celebrities and, and like yeah. actually get a live stream mm -hmm. feed of what somebody's thinking at their, as they're sitting at the breakfast table or something. So I think that intimacy is, uh, is interesting, right? It plays. Um, yeah. I think to something a special with. time right now yeah. where we're really, the curtains pulled back on all of us and um, kind of stripped down. And so it's fun whether, you know, you're like, talking, you know, through comments to Mary Gaucher during one of her, you know, live music streams or Susan Orleans, you're watching her in real time, you know, tweet um, while she's snacking after, you know, a couple of uh, cocktails. So yeah, it's, and it's different. And then it's gone. You know, that's the great thing about Twitter is sort of, it moves so quickly that um, you, you can sort of have a, uh, hang your head down in a little shame, but then, you know, the, the feed moves on. So it's not, <laughs> it's not going to always be there as your top <laughs> piece oh, of content. So. Yeah, no, yeah, I love that. All yeah, right, so, so, you know, people can follow me. It's, I'm, I'm at Book PR Girl on Twitter, and you can just see, you know, I'm active here and there, but I mostly, you know, sort of go for the entertainment. And um, I have certain reporters I follow, like Katie Roseman at the New York Times, uh, Publishers Weekly, and it lets me keep up on news, too, so... And also, right, for anybody listening, anybody that follows you, for example, and they follow somebody else, and they develop that online friendship, that could actually, that counts as a form of networking. And yeah. in time, right, if something were to develop and you had a project, if you had developed that online relationship with someone, it might be easier for them, right, to uh, maybe make a script or seek a piece of advice. So there is something to be said about that online networking. Yeah, really and I, for some reason, Twitter is the place maybe because there's more media people using it. Um, yeah. I almost have to dig down and figure out why, but that's the place where I get the most, you know, like direct messages. They can DM you in a way for people that don't use Twitter um, regularly that no one else sees it. So it's a private message, like an email. Yeah. And I definitely, you know, big time journalists and, and then, you know, bloggers or, you know, people that are just trying to figure out how to break into publishing. It's a whole mix of people, but I'm astounded every time, you know, like a top level producer reaches out yeah. to me through Twitter. Oh, I love that. Isn't that cool? Um, so I'll see you there. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get on there. <laughs> All right, I got to get on there. I, admittedly, I am like, I'm like a, a Twitter Luddite. Like we, we have Twitter, but I, like the Woodhall uh, 
the other guys have been handling the Twitter account. So I got to, I got to step it up. Yeah. We need you uh, on there. We need you, David. <laughs> all right, I, I got to get on this. So I was going to ask you for a piece of advice that you could give any author, writer mm-hmm. that they could use today. And it sounds like two pieces of advice have already come out. One, get a great website. Two, get on Twitter. Um, yes. Yes. There, yes. <laughs> um, there's a, you know, I had one other one, which is when you know, you're thinking about your book, the book you're writing, the book that's in your head, you know, wherever it is in the process. Um, please think about who your audience is. This goes for fiction and nonfiction. And you are going to have more to say about this than I am. But really, you know, think about who wants to read this book and maybe, you know, add on that little bit of why. And yeah. it goes for, you know, whether or not it's just a great story or it's a memoir and it's your personal story. You think it can help parents. But have that focus because you will go back to that again and again when it comes time to talking to booksellers, um, eventually doing author events, when you're marketing your book, promoting your book. You know, if you have that pitch down, essentially, and, you know, it, it could also mean just you're jotting notes down about co- comparative titles that, you know, your book might be similar to or a blend of you know, John Grisham meets Stephen King. I mean, sure, you know, those are like high level names, but it could be like Nora Ephron meets, um, I don't even know, like Taylor Swift. So it's just really just putting a pin on a map to sort of claim your spot in, in the publishing world. And um, so I really think that's important to just go through that in your mind. That, I love that because that's like the 2020, I, I would just say I've been, trying to keep that in mind the most in 2020, but just in life is one, know yourself and two, know your audience. And I feel like oh, not a lot of yeah. people do that. You know, they're pitching things to the wrong people. I, you know, I've seen some online readings where they're reading a piece that might have worked really well with a certain crowd, but they just read that piece regardless <laughs> of the crowd. And then the uh, crowd crickets because <laughs> they didn't know the audience. And I love yeah. that. Know your audience, know yourself. Uh, yeah, I, so, I love, yeah, your add-on to that is really brilliant. And I will say, you know, for the books that you're publishing, I mean, knowing your audience, it, it really reflects, you know, you're doing these um, flash flash series, the so flash nonfiction, um, you know, Fast Funny Women that Gina Bareka are one of our main connections. Um, you know, that's really relevant because, you know, they're quick tidbits you can read. It's real time, you know, sort of we're writing it now and you're publishing it, you know, in the not too far future. So again, know your audience. We're wanting to have community and connection while we're all home. So. Oh yeah. Definitely. Uh, So, you know, I'm glad you you went into the writing because all these questions have, you know, kind of centered around your, you know, this impressive background you've made in in publicity, but you're also an accomplished writer. And this is the thing that I I have a hard time with because I, 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 you know, I talk to mentors and, and figures uh, that have given me advice over the years. And I'm often told, it's like, you need to do 100% of one thing in your lifetime to get great at it, and that's it, forget everything else. And you know, I've seen again and again that idea proven false with people such as yourself that say, hey, I can actually be quite successful doing uh, multiple things in my lifetime, mm-hmm. often at the same time. So how do you balance that? How do, how do you do all that? So I decided that if I could really answer this today, you would sign me for a book contract and I'd have an instant bestseller, you know, like answering the giant balance question. Um, I think it's very personal. Um, but I, I agree with you that 
when, you know, you look at your projects and your work, you know, your professional work, you know, kind of your personal goals, dreams, or hobbies. And if you can find some interconnectedness, then I do think you can find balance. You know, for me, I'm usually telling everybody else's stories, you know, as, as a book publicist. And a lot of times, even during some of, you know, what I'm writing, if I'm reviewing a product or a book. Uh, so for me, on that continuum, when you think about balance, doing my own personal writing fulfills the part of me that is an, kind of an introvert that needs sort of that quiet, creative time um, where I'm not telling other people's stories and it allows me to recharge. So I try to schedule that in as something important in my business because over the years that I've done this, you, as you know, with, with your position heading a company, there's always more work to do. It never ends. Your to-do list will never have everything crossed off. So for yeah. me, if I sprinkle in personal projects or things that I need to do, for me to make me a better publicist or a better friend or colleague, I make sure those happen. Um, and it feels like I can focus more. So I know I have this time to write, I have this time to volunteer, and then this, these are my work hours, and then all this other stuff's personal time, so. 100%, you know, I, I got asked this question kind of recently, which is why I'm bouncing it to you. <laughs> my answer was similar, it was, um, for me, it's all, it all comes down to, to scheduling. Uh, you have to be just super organized. Mm -hmm. I, I literally, I'll, I'll get so organized that I will even like put on my little cal you know, my calendar, uh, <laughs> such and such at 2.15. You know, like I will literally get down to the Sometimes minute. you have to, you yeah. know. And Do you I find start that early? Do you have like, like, what's your, are you like morning person or night? That sounds like I, you're ending questions for me today, but I'm like, <laughs> morning or night? No, very much night, night. Uh, I don't, I'm not a more, I've tried to be a morning person. I teach actually 8 a.m.s uh, in the fall, which is wow. brutal for me. I mean, like, I'm not an 8 a.m. teacher. At Fairfield U, my hometown, Fairfield, this, Connecticut. This, yes. this fall, it'll be um, Quinnipiac and Southern, Monday oh, to Friday, great. 8 a.m. And I love it. Ouch. But 8 a.m. is tough. So yes. I would rather work till 2, 3 a.m., and then sleep till 10, 11 a.m. I'm one of those people. And yeah. I, I very much, I get most of my work done, I feel like between like 10 and like 2 a.m. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of like the magic hour for me too. I don't have the luxury of sleeping in late because um, I have twins, but <laughs> for me, that's it awesome. is just, there's something about kind of my rhythm and my work style that um, I can get a lot done later in the day. And so that's when I might save uh, some time for my personal writing, for example. So I love, I love that you added this question, morning or night person. I think this is going to be the new thing. Can you uh, add it to the, your closing? You, I love yeah, your, I, your wrap up, which we'll, we're, well, that, this, well, we're going into the wrap up. So yes. now we've got morning or night person that that's, that's now established. Uh, uh, coffee or tea. Ah, uh, this one I took, this is the most serious question. I'm glad you let me know this is coming in a bit. So it's uh, coffee. And specifically, I wrote it down. It's Pete's Sumatra, which is a dark roast. And uh, splurge that we have in our house is that we get it directly mailed from Pete's within 24 hours of their grinding it for us. Wow. All right. <laughs> so it's <Yeah>. delicious. <laughs> okay. Um, what gets you up each mo morning? One quote, motto, song, something that you 
makes you embrace the day. Okay, I love this. And I love that I see your guitar in the background. So fully <laughs> like music, you know, there's a soundtrack to my life all the time. And the answer yeah. for this is, um, you can't get better than this, but the Rolling Stones. And I think often of the song, you can't always get what you want because of the line that you can't always get what you want. But if you try, sometime you find you get what you need. And I yeah, feel like yeah. we don't know sort of what's coming our way. You know, we think we have control. We think, you know, we can set out on a certain path and we're going to check boxes off. But a lot of times, you know, we have to be agile and we have to like shift or use the overword <laughs> of the pandemic pivot. And, you know, my <laughs> early blogging days, that was kind of the impetus behind some uh, twin parent blogging I did like <laughs> many years ago about, okay, this is, this is like what I've got. So we could have an entire discussion just on what I call the corporate buzzwords, right? <laughs> so it's this whole like, we're going to pivot, yeah. change gears. We got the top down. We got the, <laughs> can we do like, a book on that? Can we do <laughs> something on that? Because it's also like, I use some of these words and I, I'm kicking myself like, you know, pivot agile, like, you know, yeah. let's right. It's just, Circle back. I think circle like, back. Like, yeah, yeah. That, Gina, oh, I love Rebecca her. and I, who we haven't talked about uh, enough today, but um, you know, she and I are always like the, we have this <laughs> word list that we just cannot stand. So maybe <laughs> we need the professor to help us with yeah, that. That would be that'd be good. <laughs> All right. Um, and lastly, uh, what's a, a piece of advice or a tip or something for just anybody? Anybody viewing, maybe they're not even, you know, a writer. They're just, what's some, a takeaway you would have for anybody from this conversation? Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you everyone for coming. Thank you, Gina Barreca, for connecting David and I and all the you, great Gina. things <laughs> that you've ever done for my career. So I do have um, like a three-pronged three piece of advice to leave everyone with, which kind of ties into our chat, which be authentic. Like really, your voice matters. You have a story to tell. Even if you're not a writer, just know that you know, there, your voice means something and you know, use it. Um, be a team player. I am all about collaborating and partnership. And the third piece ties right to that, which is just pay it forward when you can. You know, I have had so much just luck and ability to work with great mentors like Gina, all of my bosses in New York, um, you know, Everyone has been so wonderful about paying it forward and being generous. And so I really try to do that. I think it attracts the greatest stuff in the universe if, if you're doing that and you're partnering and you're just being who you are. So that's that. Laura Rossi's the tip of the day. So be sure to check out Lori, uh, Laura Rossi, publicrelations.com. And if you have any questions, any follow-up thoughts on this, uh, feel free to contact me at david at woodhallpress.com. And uh, thank you again for being here today, Laura. This was awesome. Thank you. This was so fun. I look forward to more chats. All right. See ya. Bye.